Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. Thrive Church. I tell you, I had tears in my eyes listening to Kevin talk about me, man. I'm like, I need to meet that guy. You know, that's some awesome stuff. I mean, I'm glad I didn't listen to it before coming up because I'd have been more blushed than normal, you know. So, uh, but anyway, we are we're in week three of our Fear Not series. And uh, again, just a little recap. We looked at uh, when the angel appeared to Mary in week one. And, it, and the fear that she was dealing with is the fear of what God has called me to do. And, uh, and we went through that. And then week two, we were looking at when the angel appeared to Joseph. And, and, and Joseph's fear was the fear of what people are going to think. And I had a person share with me this morning and said, This morning, those fears are falling on you because you're going to be standing in front of everybody. And you're going to fear what God's called you to do because you've got to speak the word. And you're going to have a fear of what people are going to think after you finish speaking the word. So here we are. We're going to go into week three. Week three is going to be fear of where I stand with God. And, uh, and each one of us, we come through a time when we, we will look at how we stand with God and we look at it in a different way. And we're going to, you know, maybe some of you are like everything's gravy and it goes good. Some of you have walked fearfully through every step and you just wonder what's going on, how are we going to make it, you know. But uh, if you would, turn to Luke chapter 2 and starting in verse 8 and just turn to there and we're going we're gonna to go and I'm just going to talk about something a little bit. But uh, there was a, a time in my life, I remember being a kid, and, and, and you just think, you know, you're hearing about prayer, and you, you know, my parents, they were teaching me a prayer, and, and a lot of you may have learned this prayer too as a child. There was a little common prayer, but uh, some of the part of this prayer can be a little freaky. And, you know, and, and as, as we go through this, I'm going to pray this prayer. And when you, when you see that I get to the freaky part, I just want you to throw your hand up and say, yeah, that's freaky right there, okay? All right. You ready? Let's, okay, little, little Johnny, we're going to bow. You know, he's getting down next to his bed. He's, he's getting down, he's getting ready to pray. And you say, okay, Johnny, we're going to pray. And uh, so just close your eyes. Close your eyes, everybody. And the prayer goes like this. It says, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Now, there's a freaky part coming. All right, I want you all to know. When the freaky part comes, just jump right up, throw your hand up in the air and say, yeah, that's it, okay? Are you all ready? All right, the next part is, if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You know, this is a little kid, and he's like, he's thinking, you know, if I die, that's a bad thing right there. If I die, you know, at least I got heaven. But then there's another part there that says, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You mean there's another alternative? You know, if I die, it's not bad enough. I can't just go to heaven. But there's an option. God might not. Is he going to send me to hell? You know, there's a fear that comes in. It's like, how do I know where I stand with God? How am I going to know if, if am I right with God? You know, I was five, six years old. And, and you know, little things people say, well, you know, you better pray for people. You know, and I'm like, I lived in the country, man. I lived in Georgia in a little small town in the country. And we saw one car every day that drove past my house. And this was a neighbor that was going to work. And he worked in another town. And then my dad had a car. And my dad would get in his car and he would leave and he would go to work. And, and I had a friend say, 
Well, you know, car wrecks happen all the time. And I'm like praying, dear Lord, don't let my dad die. You know, and then I hear my grandmother, she's talking about my great-grandmother's little sister. Believe it or not, the little town I came from, Elberton, Georgia, had the first car, it was a Model T, that drove through that town. My great-grandmother's little sister got run over and killed by the first car that came through that county. They were running around, the car wasn't moving fast, they ran around, she tripped, the car ran over, and my, my great-grandmother's little sister died. Been run over by a Model T. So here I am, I'm thinking, you know, I'm praying, I'm like, Lord, you know, pray, I, I pray for my daddy, let him come back safe from, from work, you know. And I'm worried, you know, I'm going to forget, I'm not going to pray, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up, and I'm going to fail, and my dad's going to die. And I'm like fighting these fears. And you know, this may sound stupid, but you got to realize I wasn't the smartest kid. You know, we were like, we're working through all kind of troubles just trying to get me, to, uh, you know, to learn how to read and write and things, you know. But the, the truth of it is, is I had fear of where I stood with God. Was I going to fall asleep in the middle of a prayer and, and, and offend God and wake up in hell because I didn't say amen at the right time or, you know, forgive me or, or, or whatever. I'm like fighting this struggle. And when we go through these type things, you know, like I said, I may not be the only one. Maybe some of you have struggled with fear in your life. But, uh, but as these things go on, go on, you got to realize there are times when, when you got to let go of these things and trust that God's in control. Well, let's read to this, let's turn to this scripture. It says in uh, Luke 2, 8 through 11, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. That would have scared me to death, you know, aliens or something, you know. They said, uh, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I can, I can understand. I would have been terrified. Said, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, or in the King James, you know, fear not. And uh, the angel says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. That's important. Remember that, the good news part. Said, I bring you good news that they will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now think about that, the great news, a Savior has been born. Alright, let's look at this, this, this angel who appeared. He goes out and, and he's proclaiming the birth of Christ. And, and if you go back into the Jewish history and, and what was going on, the, the people when they had a son or a child born, they would hire this person to herald the, the information. They would go out and they would say, you know, listen everybody, Joseph and Mary have had a child. Jesus is born. And they would run through the town and they would tell people, or that's what was going on in the history. Uh, and at that time, they would hire heralds to go. It's a paid person that you would pay to run through the city and promote that your child was born. Because a firstborn son was a, was a sign that your family name was going to continue. It's great things that they would do, especially when it was a son. They would pay money to have a herald run out there yelling all these things. Now, now I'm from Georgia. And you got to understand, so I just saw a rabbit trail. And there's a little question going through my head. Do I take the rabbit trail? But you know, I'm from Georgia. 
and I'm tempted on rabbit trails. But I'm going to stay on track. It's a short trail, but I'm going to show you. I got to thinking about this thing. A couple nights ago, I think the Lord was thinking about it too. Because he woke me up, and when he was sharing this with me, I started, I laughed so hard, I thought my wife was going to hit me. She was asleep in the bed next to me. And I woke up laughing. It was so funny to me. And, and, and like I said, I don't know. You might not find it funny. But uh, I got to thinking about what would be a herald, a person that, that's hired for that. What would their, if they had to go through like we do here and go through a dispersonality profile. <laughs> and they have to take this test and, and, you know, and they have to fill out that prerequisites. You know, what is it that you did before or whatever? And it's like, you know, well, I was, uh, you know, I was a messenger. Okay, you know, that fits in. And I got to thinking, what if their biggest asset was they were a gossip? And this just, the Lord, I'm, I'm telling you, I believe the Lord told me this. And I started laughing. And I was like, well, you know, this would be the only opportunity that you could actually be convicting a sin and promoting the gospel at the same time. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what I mean by this. Here we go. The, this person is heralding, you know, Mary and, and Joseph, they've had a son. Jesus is born. And they go into the next person. Jesus has been born. Mary and, and, and Joseph, their baby's here. And they say, but, you know, story around town. <laughs> you know, uh, there's, there's some people talking. And I ain't sure Joseph is the daddy. <laughs> this is promoting Jesus as the son of God. I just thought about that. It came to me in a dream. If I'm wrong, Lord, forgive me. But... But I got to thinking that just really, I mean, I, I, it, it, it shook me up that sometimes people can actually be doing wrong. And this is one case that could be doing wrong and doing right. We won't get into that too much. But we're going to get back on track. That rabbit trail didn't go very long. Um, but the messenger would go about and they would, they would tell the story. They'd, tell, they'd let people know what was going on. This, this herald would go out and they would do all their job. They would share what was going on. And, uh, and as they were doing this, there was something would happen. But in this case, the story where we are, it was an angel that came to herald the news. And the angel came and it said that it came to speak to the shepherds. And it said that when the shepherds were there, you know, they were scared. The, the angel appears and starts telling them what's going on. And, and you know, the, the, if an angel starts showing you something, and, and first of all, once they get you to quit freaking out, and you're, you know, you can listen and you can do whatever, then you can start to receive something. But what really struck me as strange in this message here is who the angel chose to herald the news to. They didn't go to the hierarchy of the Jewish culture. They didn't go to the kings. You know, these angels didn't appear to the Sadducees, the Pharisees, you know, the leaders of the time. They didn't go there. They chose shepherds to announce the truth to, that Jesus is here. He's been born, the Savior. You know, and as you do that, you start to look at that. It's like, why... Why would God have chose shepherds? And if you, we're going to look specifically on the life of a shepherd for a little bit. And there were things that happened in a shepherd's life. First of all, a shepherd, they, they, were, they were considered unclean. They, didn't, they weren't able to be uh, ceremonially clean by being in the, in the 
at the altar and all these things, you know, every, every week they had to go and present themselves. A shepherd couldn't do that. They may be on the road. They may be out there with the sheep and, and they're journeying. They may be out for weeks or months at a time. And you know, uh, like any truck drivers in the house, anybody? Well, truck drivers, you know, they may go on a long journey like that. But you know, there's truck stops and there's showers along the route. You know what I'm saying? You can stop and get clean. But a shepherd didn't have that. He's like, he's like taking care of these sheep. He's watching over. He's watching the flock. He's doing what he can. And he's trying to see what is going on. And uh, the, the thing about it is they, they would feel like... You know, I'm not clean. Why would they announce to me? No, nobody's even want to listen to me. Shepherds were not thought of in a high way. They were thought of as liars. They were thought of as thieves. And I grew up, like I said, I grew up country. I never thought of farmers that way. You know, I think of shepherds as farmers in a way, you know. But the, the fact is, is they were, they were thought of as liars and thieves. As a matter of fact, they couldn't even testify in court because nobody would believe their testimony. It was a true thing that they were, even if they were honest people, they weren't trusted because they were thought of in a negative way. Uh, they were taught that you're not good enough. They felt unworthy. Yeah, that first fill in blank there. They felt unworthy. They couldn't believe, you know, that the angel would appear to me because who am I? I'm nobody. And, you know, the, as they were, they were sitting there thinking, I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough for God. You know, I can't even, I can't even be clean uh, according to our religious laws. I'm dirty. And if, if anybody comes up and touches me, they're dirty. You know, so there was this, this thing going on in their life. The shepherd, they, they thought of themselves in a lowly way. As a matter of fact, if, if you had a, uh, maybe you needed to hire a shepherd. You, maybe you had finances and you need to hire a shepherd or, or you had somebody you had to appoint they would usually pick the, the least born son he would be the one that would be a shepherd he would be the one that was overlooked in all the things that were going on he would be the last one who would be picked for whatever but he's out there he's, he's in the wilderness he's out there and, and you know when you're with sheep and you're living with them and you can't get a shower I mean have you ever smelled a sheep <laughs> Sheep, they don't smell good, man. And if you're hanging out with them for months at a time, that smell, I'm sure it's going to kind of get around you. You're going to start stinking. I got a buddy that's in the chicken farm business. He'll go, he'll, he'll go out there one day, he'll walk through his chicken houses. He comes in, man, he's got his set up. He's got, he walks in one room, dumps his clothes. He goes into the shower. He goes out another door out of the shower. He don't want to come back where he stunk up the room when he came in. The, being around animals can cause a bad thing in your life. So this, this guy, this guy was like, you know, he's a shepherd. He's out there. The angels appear and he's like, I feel so unworthy. I don't think that I can, I can do this. And, uh, and, and, you know, sometimes you may feel like that too. There's times that maybe uh, you know somebody that their house is all decorated beautiful. You go over to their house and it smells, you know, candles and smells like lavender or something. And you're like, you know, they, their house is well, I mean, everything's perfect. And uh, you open their cabinets and I mean, it's like every, every, or the drawers and every fork is like in a row. I mean, it's like perfect. And you think, in my house... You know, you may be, and you think, when I go in my house, I'm lucky if I can see the floor. 
You know, or there's something going on. You know, my wife does a great job. I'm not speaking on us specifically. But I'm saying she does a great job. But what I'm saying is you can, you can judge how you are by how somebody else is. Or you see their place and they're like, you know, they got Christmas lights and it's beautiful. And we don't have a tree up. You know, we don't have anything right now. And I'm like, sometimes I can, sit, I can feel like a, the most terrible dad in the world, you know. Feel like a failure, unworthy, because th- there's things that go on. And um, as, as you go through these things, you can feel some of these things being unworthy yourself. Part two, the second thing to fill in there, was they feel inadequate. And uh, you can fill in that square. They never felt like they measured up to others. Uh, they often, the way that they felt, they, it was right. They didn't compare to others. They were down. They were lowly. Things in their life they didn't really meet up to. There was struggles. There was, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to shepherds, and they're out, they're doing their thing. They're like going about and, and you know, they try to do what's right. They're trying to take care of the sheep. They're trying to take care of whatever their job is. But the ones that are around them look at them and they're like, they look down on them. Have anybody here ever had somebody where you felt like they're looking down on you? You know, it, it, it's not that they have a right to judge you or to look down on you, but you can feel that way on the inside. It might not even be real, but you can feel that way. They feel inadequate. Uh, there's so-called people, you know, if you go out and you meet some people, have you ever met this person? You walk up to them and you ask them what's going on, and man, they've got a scripture for the day. They've got everything, you know, if, if anything's going on, you know, they're quoting a book in the Bible you didn't even know was a book. You know what I'm saying? They're like, they got it, and they're quoting verse by verse. They got everything down. And, and you're like, man, you know, I'm just happy I didn't kill my kids on the way to church this morning. You know? And, and you, you start feeling like, you know, maybe this isn't, I'm not adding up to what these people are doing. You know, they're like so much better than me. They're, they got their life together, and my life is terrible. And we start judging people by the way that they are and the way they perceive who we are and we perceive who they are and we can fall into this thing where we will judge how we are in our standing with God by how we see somebody else live. You know, somebody can fall into this thing and you're like, well, are you a good person? Well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a good person, you know. If you compare me to some mass murderer or something, you know, I can, I can be all right. You know, I've, I've got my flaws and stuff. But I want you to think about this. And we're going to just kind of do a little, little, little survey. If you're in the house and, and you, you know, all eyes open, everybody looking at me, you know. If anybody in here that's ever told a lie, just raise your hand. Look right at me, raise your hand. Yeah, keep them up. Keep them up. Now, now everybody look around, and if you see somebody without their hand up, I want you to say, liar, liar, pants on fire. All right? It's fun to call people liars in church. All right? But I want you to think about this, all right? Anybody in here ever stolen anything? Okay. Remember, we're being honest, remember? All right. And I'm, I'm going to do, do this. I'm going to lay my little tablet down. Because we, we don't want any hands going up. Don't want to cause no conflict here. Just do your hands like this, everybody. You know, just like this. And uh, I'm going to ask this question. I don't even want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to get in trouble. But just flash me a little pinky like this. All right. 
If you've ever, if you've ever looked at somebody lustfully in your life that wasn't your husband or your spouse, just flash me a little pinky like that. <laughs> Nobody looking, just at me. Y'all looking at me. All right. So basically, what I want you to realize this is, if you've ever, let's just say, you've told a lie, what does the Bible say you are? You're a liar. And maybe you've stolen something. What's the Bible say you are? You're a thief. And if you've ever looked at somebody lustfully, the Bible says you're an adulterer, right? So I just wanted to, you know, here we are so close to Christmas, I just wanted to make your life joyful <laughs> by letting you know that we here right now, we are full of lying, thieving adulterers, <laughs> and I wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas, <laughs> all right? Because we've got some good news coming, and we're going to get into the good news here in just a second. <laughs> Welcome to Thrive, by the way. You know? So, the thing about it is this. I want you to realize this. Religion didn't work for the shepherds. And religion won't work for you. Now, you might say, yeah, you're, you're a preacher and you, you, you know, don't cut me off back there. I ain't done yet. Let me get to finish. If they cut me off, I'm done, you know. But uh, religion is not going to do it for you. It didn't do it for the shepherds. Religion failed for the shepherd. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, a lot of times we will look at the law and we will say, you know, well, I'm, I'm more spiritual than you because I've held up more of the law than you have. You know, I haven't, I haven't killed anybody recently. You know, and you've killed at least three people. You know, because, you know, a lot of times you've murdered people in your heart if you want to do harm to them, you know. But, but the thing about it is this. is you start looking at these things and you're judging yourself according to what you see in others. And you start judging others by how you do and how good you think you are. You know, you know that makes God want to puke. It makes God want to puke when you start thinking that you're better than somebody else and all this stuff. We are all sinners. Every one of us has failed. The Bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We have sinned. And what we just saw a minute ago, we are sinners, we are thieves, we are liars, and we're adulterers. And we're in need of a Savior. Because there's none that has been holy. The Bible says not one but Christ. So... As we're thinking about that, I want you to realize this. The, the, the fact of the, the law and all those things, the religion, did not, it didn't work for the shepherd and it doesn't work for you. Uh, religion is your attempt to please God through what you do with rules. And the fact is you can't please God by trying to be good enough. We have to realize there's somebody that's done that for us. You can't be good enough for God. Uh, religion is an attempt for, for you to please God through the way that you act. Jesus does not come to bring religion. He come to bring a relationship with God. Relationship is our only way to, to heaven. Relationship with Jesus. He's the only way. He's the only way to get there. 
There's no other way. And you can't learn it by, by making yourself holy. Now, I'm not saying we don't attempt to make changes and we work on ourselves and we do it daily. And, and when you do sin, you, you confess that sin and you trust God. But the thing about it is, you have to be willing to realize we are failures when it comes to upholding and, and being good enough for salvation. Religion cleans the outside of the cup, but leaves the inside dirty. Anybody got any dirty cups in the house? We need the Lord. The good news, listen to this. The good news, this is in uh, Romans 3, verse 20 through 22. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. That's what we just did a minute ago. We want to look and see that we are sinful. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Now that's some powerful nugget of truth right there. It's only by Christ. He's the only way that we can be made right. It's by our faith being placed in Him. Here's the good news. You cannot earn God's acceptance by observing the law. That's one of your that's one of your sections you can fill in. You cannot earn God's acceptance by observing the law. For no one can be made right with God by doing what the law commands. You can't uphold those 613 laws that the Jews had to uphold. You can't do it. As a matter of fact, the law is there for a reason. It's to show us that we can't do it. It's to show us that we can fail is that, but we can only receive it because of what was bought for us through Christ. That's what, the, that's what that shows us in the scripture. The second point there. The purpose of the law is to show you, you need, that you have a need for a savior. It's to show you your need for a savior. If, the, if you can't see that you're failing, if, if your focus is on I'm good, you know, I'm working on it, I'm getting better. If your focus is on how you're going to be, you're never going to make it. If your focus is on you and, and trusting to get to heaven by your works or your deeds or whatever, you're not going to make it. You have to keep your trust and your faith in Christ and know that he is the one who's doing the work. He's done it, it's done, and it's working through you. And your faith in him is pushing it and, and helping it to fulfill what he's called it to do. According to Romans 3 and 20, no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. So if that's your goal, the Bible says here, no man is ever going to be made right by that. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. You need to see that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And that's what, that's what we want to see here. This is Christmas, man. This is a great word to hear that, that God is there for you and he loves you. And he wants you to receive him, but you've got to realize that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. You can't do that if you're thinking, well, I'm better than so-and-so. How are you compared to the Son of Christ? I mean, Son of God, Jesus Christ. If you were to compare your life to his, how do you stack up? You know, he lived a perfect life. Most people, they believe that they're good people, but if they really stop and they look at the scriptures, they find out they're not. They have failed. They've fallen short. 
Now, if you, you know, just think about this. If you've got a sickness in your body and you go to the doctor and they do an MRI or an x-ray or something, whatever the problem is, maybe it's an x-ray. They've x-rayed your bones and they say, yeah, I've got a broke bone. And you're like, okay, I got, got my x-ray, so I'm good. Man, the x-ray just showed you the problem. Now you got to do something about it. you got to find a solution to the problem. The, the law didn't, it wasn't the, what you needed. It showed you where your failures were. What you needed was Jesus to come and be your sacrifice. You needed to be able to accept what he's done for you. He alone can save you. He alone can redeem you. Um, he can fix whatever's messed up in your life. He can help you. The third point... Righteousness with God comes by faith in Christ alone. That's the only, the only thing that you can do is have your trust in Him. That's where righteousness comes from. To, to be righteous, it means, it means to be in right standing with God. When you are, when you are here and, and, you know, we stood, you know, I, I'm, I'll be the first one to tell you, I fell in that category of, of lying, thieving, adulterer. I'm, I was there, man. I'm in need of a Savior. And, and if, if you're like me and you're in need of a Savior, then the, this scripture here, it says that faith comes from Christ alone. In uh, Romans 3 and 22, it says we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. That's in the Bible. Maybe you're thinking, well, you know, I'm in a different category. You know, I, I'm, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's different ways to heaven or, you know, there's all this stuff. Man, the Bible says specifically, this is true for everyone. No matter who we are. You've got to come to a place where you realize that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. And as you come and you receive that Savior, maybe you've already received Him. This is not what I want you to see. You might say, well, I used to be a sinner. But no, man, you're still fighting those battles on a daily basis. You know, we still need a Savior every day. We need Jesus every day to help us, to strengthen us, to, to help us to become like Him so that we can help show others the love and the compassion of Christ. We need Jesus to help us because we will fall back and, and become prideful. We'll fall back and become arrogant. We'll fall back and, and, and turn our eyes away from God and back to the things of the world. We need Him every day to help keep us on track, help keep us pressing forward, help keep us trusting and believing. If you are, are in this place and, and, and you've been battling with that, come to realize that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. You've got a desire in your heart to serve God. Maybe you've already been born again. Maybe you've been born again for 40, 50, 60, 70 years. But every day is a new day. And every day you need strength. Every day you need peace. You need joy. You need happiness. You need long-suffering. 
Some people, you know, they wonder day after day, well, you know, I just can't seem to make it. I'm just always, I'm trying, and then something's got me. And Man, sometimes you just need to be long-suffering. You need to keep sticking in there. Don't look for the end result. You know, start looking for the journey. Let's be on this journey together. Let's, let's battle, you know. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm a part of, a, of several small groups here. But I meet with a small group of men on Thursday mornings every other week. And I need that small group. It strengthens me. It helps me to realize that I can draw strength from other people because we share our weaknesses together. We become vulnerable in front of each other and we pray for one another. And we need to be able to do that. Pride is not going to be what we need to move forward with Christ. We need to be humble. We need to realize how much of a need of a Savior we are. We need a relationship with Jesus. The shepherds felt just like you. They felt all the the negative things. They felt unworthy. They felt that. Everybody around them made them feel unworthy. You may have people in your life that make you feel unworthy. Maybe maybe your dad maybe he left and it was just you and your mom and you're, you're like why me you know what did I do that I don't deserve a father or maybe you've, you've been maybe you're single and all your friends have gotten married and you're like you know what what about me see all those struggles that come down God is working and he's working through a lot of things in your life and, and some of the things, he's just, he's ready to reach out and, and bless you in different areas. But whatever area you find yourself, I want you to realize the shepherds felt just like you. They felt un, unworthy. And they also, they had this, where they felt inadequate. It's like, Lord, you know, I can't do this. I'm going to fail at this. You know, I'm not strong enough to, to do what you're calling me to do. And, you know, and people are talking about me. Think, you know, think, I, I can feel like they're thinking bad things about me. You know, I'm from Georgia and I just, you know, I don't always use proper English. And, you know, it's like people, you know, I can't do this, you know. God's saying, I'm there with you. I'm going to help you to overcome. I'm going to help you to live this life. I'm going to be there for you because you can't do it alone. You need me. And and I'm like, yes, I do, Lord. I need you. They felt unloved. When, when, you know, anybody in here ever felt unloved? You ever felt like everybody in your life that loved you is gone? Your best days are in the past? Those type things. Man, those are lies of the enemy. There's people right here in this place that love you. But you got one person that's never going to leave you, never forsake you. He's going to love you from here to the end of time. And that's Jesus Christ. He's never going to leave you. So as we get ready to to close this out, we're going to pray together. But no matter how you feel today, you're made right by placing God in your heart, by having your your faith in Jesus Christ. So as as you would, I just want you to just think about this real quick. I'm, I'm I'm going to pray for you. If you've been dealing with this feelings of unworthiness or inadequate of different things or just feeling unloved, we're going to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I lift up those that are, that are listening to this sermon today.